Welcome back to Bowlaholics, the show for those who simply can't get enough of basketball and all sports. We actually got a segment today on the NFL. My name is Sam Israel, along with my other co-host, Ian Mills. We What's are guys. Bowlaholics is back. We got a lot in store for today. First off, I just want to say to those who watch our YouTube live last night, thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed that video. We're simply just, we're going to do those same exact segments today just for the purpose of refining it because we face some audio problems when trying to convert that video into a podcast. So we're going to do those, we're going to do those segments today as well and get those topics onto the podcast as an episode. So if you guys haven't done already, show us some love on our Instagram, ballaholics underscore BTV6. We got, we're going to discuss a lot today from Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert feud, of course, to the greatest NBA duo of the last decade. And of course, Last but not least, we got some NFL for you guys with the NFL draft. Let's start right now with the Utah Jazz. So, obviously, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, man, there's so much drama there. They're like, what can I even say, Ian? They're like up each other's throats, man. They're, apparently, there are reports saying that their relationship is reportedly unsalvageable. Ian, whose side are you on? Whose fault is it? What do you think? Look, I the way I see it is I'm thinking about it this way, right? So, if you gave me coronavirus, if you – single-handedly gave me coronavirus would i forgive you for that and i would say yes i would forgive you for that uh that being said with this old diamond mitchell thing i feel like it's if if the if the report is true that you know it's unsalvageable then it must have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back as i said last night i mean this is something if it's true like it's you it feel bad for you feel bad for uh rudy gobert because he's being blamed for all this but it is inevitable that it would have happened with you know any, it would have been at some point an NBA player would have had it or would have gotten it, and this report would have come out, and you know it would be happening to another guy. But unfortunately, it's happening to Rudy Gobert. I think I feel bad really for Rudy Gobert, but I don't blame Diamond Mitchell for wanting to have him leave or to leave him. Diamond Mitchell have uh, leaving Utah. But that being said, is um, again, I mean, if I think it goes back to if I got to think about it, is if you. You're the let's say let's say you're the Rudy Gobert of Binghamton, and I'm Donovan Mitchell. If you gave me coronavirus, Thank I would you, man, in your life. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against you. You know what I mean? So, you know, I as bad as I feel for both sides, I don't blame Donovan Mitchell, but I feel bad for Rudy Gobert. I don't know. You know, I don't think anything will come of it. Though I think it'll be just kind of a quick blip on the radar. Hold up. So basically what you're saying, Ian, is if I gave you coronavirus and you didn't forgive me, it must have meant that we had beef before the whole coronavirus epidemic. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys want to know who I'm blaming? Is it Donovan Mitchell on this hand or Rudy Gobert? No, it's not. It's none of them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. whose fault is it then? If I'm not blaming Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, whose fault is it? I'll tell you who. It's the media's fault. And here's Our why. Fault. Right now, there is literally nothing to report on in sports. You have the NBA that's shut down. All sports, the NFL shut down, MLB shut down. Everything is shut down as of now. The NFL draft is probably going, it's going virtual. So I want to say this. Media's overblowing it, and they're going to create narratives in order to create news to generate people watching their content because they need to survive. They need revenue. So what not a better way to generate revenue by creating narratives like this? Rudy Gobert, listen, man, what he did, I'm not trying to excuse what he did. No doubt he should have taken the coronavirus a lot more seriously. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Obviously, what he did, blowing the microphones at the press conference, 
it was it was truly insensitive. It was childish. It was he was being very negligent. Now, I'm gonna try and humanize Donovan Mitchell for you guys, okay? At the time, it was late February. No one in the world, no one in the U.S. envisioned the coronavirus pandemic getting to where it is now, okay? For example, March 1st, March 1st, I believe, is when the NBA officially came out and released a memo. And in that memo, all it literally said was NBA players, don't touch fans, no fist bumps for fans, no, no high fives. That was, the, that was the first thing that the NBA said. And that, around that time, that's when Rudy Gobert, of course, had the infamous event of going and literally touching all the microphones at the press conference. But I'm just trying – I'm doing that to try and humanize Rudy Gobert. And after, after he did that and after he tested positive at that OKC game, he showed tons of remorse. He, apo- he apologized on numerous occasions. He even donated $500,000 to the cause. So – Obviously, I know some things in life are irrevocable, irreversible, and maybe it's maybe, you know, you do some things in life and you can't get them back. You can apologize all you want, but you can't get it back. Something like this, we don't even know if he gave Donovan Mitchell the coronavirus. Donovan Mitchell could have been the one that gave him the coronavirus. So we don't even know which way it went. All around, I think it's just the media trying to cause drama. Um, there were even reports a couple days ago from Donovan Mitchell actually – he was on Instagram Live with Fat Joe, I think his name is. And Donovan Mitchell literally said on that um, Instagram Live, he said, we moved on, me and Rudy Gobert, Ray the Hoop. And Rudy Gobert, a couple days before that, said um, the relationship is far from perfect, but it's there. So I think it's just the media creating false narratives or overemphasizing the narrative, Ian. Yeah, Mike Conley, uh, I believe it was two days ago, said that their relationship was fine. Obviously, he's close to the situation. I believe him. <clears throat> but even with Rudy Gobert is like, yeah, he, he was childish and immature, but you know, you go back to two months ago, the coronavirus was a joke. It was a, it was a meme. People didn't think it was real. Um, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where looking back on it, we should have taken it more seriously than we did. Uh, probably would have prevented a little bit of this spread uh, that we're suffering from now being quarantined in our own houses. <laughs> Was yeah, Rudy Gobert is one of millions of people who didn't take it seriously and thought it was a joke, and he just happened to be the wrong person at the wrong time. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he had a bigger spotlight on him than any other person who felt that way. So, I mean, it's it's childish, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if everyone's doing it, can you really blame this one guy? You know, millions of people would have been in that same situation and done something pretty dumb. But I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I feel, I, I mean, it is what it is again. I think the media probably just wanted to talk about something. Although it wouldn't surprise me that come trade deadline next year, one of them is moved just because as much as, you know, we want to say, oh, it's fine. It's just the media. There is a chance that this relationship is starting to de- deteriorate. And this is, this is something that doesn't help. And I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. So, and also I actually get into my next segment, almost my next mini segment, because Donovan Mitchell, obviously, in my opinion, I don't think that even if Donovan Mitchell wanted to trade, why would the Utah Jazz be incentivized to trade Donovan Mitchell ahead of Rudy Gobert? But let's just say Donovan Mitchell requests a trade. Let's just say, you know, Ian, I'm a suffering Knicks fan. Let's just say somehow the Knicks are on the phone with the Utah Jazz trying to acquire Donovan Mitchell. Which players or picks or whatever, what are you giving up for Donovan Mitchell? What I give up? Yes. If I'm I'm the Knicks GM – 
Uh, who I don't even know the GM of the Rams is. Is it still Scott Mills? He's not the GM, is he? No, no, Steve Mills is gone, man. It's Leon Steve Rose. Leon okay. Rose. I'm Leon Rose, and I want Donovan Mitchell. I'm giving up as much as I can for him. Um, well, so their picks this year are they both? Um, they have two first round picks, correct? Yes, they have those Dallas picks as well. So they, they have, have their own and have, Dallas picks. Okay, so so they have one lottery pick this year. I wouldn't touch that. Wouldn't touch a lottery pick with him. Not that I don't think Donovan Mitchell is worth it, but I think if you have other first round picks, he's more than worth it. I mean, they have expendable picks. It's one of those teams where they have, you know, multiple firsts um, in the next two years. Am I wrong? I believe I'm correct with that. Um, I think you're right. Yep. Um, where, I mean, you could use you could use one or both of those. I mean, look, the thing is, is you want to get better, um, but it's not going to happen, you know, immediately. Um, so those picks, as valuable as they are, they are late, later picks at least. Um, you know, they're, they're not in the lottery. So moving those wouldn't be as bad um, as – I'd say, again, don't touch the lottery. But looking back at the, you know, Jimmy Butler trade a couple years ago when he was traded um, from Chicago to Minnesota, they only moved up nine spots and gave up Zach Levine. If you can do something similar to that, they ab- excuse me, absolutely should. If they're convinced, you know, Kevin Knox – obviously Kevin Knox isn't on the level of Zach Levine. If they're convinced Zach or Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson aren't going to get any better, package the two of them with, with, a, with a pick and move down, you know, to the second round or whatever it might be, I, I would absolutely give that for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, if the Knicks have very little at this point that they just need to do as much as they can. I mean, you gotta you got to realize that they just – they need, a, you know, a superstar in their team. They need anything on their team. So, you know, nothing is too much, honestly, with them. Okay, so you say you give up everything. And, yeah, I, I know I'd you say, said – yes. Yeah, real, realistically, move down and, and drop two or two or three players who you're convinced aren't a part of the future. Yeah, so for you it sounds like you're going to leave a couple of picks and you're going to depart with Mitchell Robinson. Is that what you said? I would say, realistically, it'll probably be Mitchell Robinson and – you know, Kevin Knox and, you know, moving down, you know, like probably about 15 spots in the draft or something like that. I don't, I, I, I wouldn't expect two firsts. I wouldn't yeah. expect two firsts to be traded, but yeah. I mean, on the Knicks side, if that's what has to be done, I don't think that you necessarily hesitate, especially because you have those extra picks. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to, give something in order to get something. And no doubt Donovan Mitchell is a bona fide superstar. He's 23 years old, but he's been an all-star averaging north of 20 points. Let's not forget what he did in 2018 against the OKC Thunder. Man, he had, they had Melo on my team, the OKC Thunder. So trust me, my heart was broken because I love Melo. Once a Nick, always a Nick. You already know. Hey, look, Orange, Syracuse. <laughs> Syracuse first. You got you to gotta give something to get something. So according to Ian Bagley, Ian Beckley reported that it all starts – if the Knicks want to do something, it starts with two first-round picks and either R.J. Barrett, who the Knicks drafted last year, or Mitchell Robinson. Wow. That's so a lot. That's a it's lot. It's tough. It's tough. So, honestly, for me, when I'm looking at the Knicks, I don't think from the Utah Jazz – they're trading Donovan Mitchell. That means they're keeping Rudy Gobert. So, why would they want Mitchell Robinson, who plays the same position as Rudy Gobert? Yeah. Yeah. Now – I think someone like R.J. Barrett would entice the Utah Jazz. You put him at the shooting guard position, small forward, and you play him with Rudy Gobert. He's a young guy. He's a young guy, 19 years old. Played in Duke. Was was really the first overall first-round pick before Zion. He was projected to be number one before Zion Williamson. 
Um, I think that it all starts with R.J. Barrett for the Utah Jazz. And honestly, from a Knicks standpoint, look, I love R.J. Barrett. I think he has all-star potential written all over him. However, if you trade for, for Donovan Mitchell, I don't know how well Donovan Mitchell and R.J. Barrett can play on the same bas- basketball team. Um, I feel like R.J. Barrett is more of a slasher, and Donovan Mitchell has a similar kind of position. They're both scorers. So, you know, they both drive. So I'm not sure how good of a fit they would be on the same court. Therefore, for me, I don't mind giving up R.J. Barrett um, a first-round pick along with Julius Randle and Kevin Knox. That would be my trade package there. R.J. Barrett, a couple of first-rounders, maybe one first-rounder, hopefully. Kevin Knox and our and Julius Randle. You got to give something to get something. That's what I'm doing. Two, two first and R.J. Barrett is effectively three first-round picks. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm concerned about for the Knicks. Is I feel like that's a lot. Again, Diamond Mitchell. If you're convinced Diamond Mitchell is the guy, and I think obviously has proved that he is. 23 years old. 23 years old, man. I mean, it's, what he's, he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's a major. New York native. From what they have, it's, New York it's tough. native. It's tough. It's very tough to say, but I, I get it, it'll be very interesting because obviously the Knicks won't be the only team, you know, trying to trade a trying game, but uh, um, it's gonna be interesting because I think it might honestly just come down because I feel like the Jazz are in a situation where they don't want to rebuild. And I think that they're going to want to look for players that can help them win now. Not that R.J. Barrett necessarily isn't, but, I mean, he's, he's still a work in progress. And the two first, obviously, in the next couple of years would help. But I think they might look for a player that, that can help them win now rather than picks. It'll be interesting to see what they actually do end up getting. If they trade him, I mean, this is all hypothetically, if they do trade him, we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So you think that they would opt to trade Donovan Mitchell for proven all-stars or proven stars? The so way I, I – yeah. I wish is like I think I I don't think that they're gonna want to rebuild anytime soon because I mean they've been to the playoffs the past couple of years I mean they're gonna need they obviously don't have that star power um, without Diamond Mitchell they don't have that star power at least um, so if they really do want to get rid of him or if they if they're forced to get rid of him which I don't think will happen but if they are forced to get rid of him I think they're gonna want something very very similar yeah I agree and as like, in like a player. Yeah. You know what I hate about just like talking about this? You know, we always, we have to talk about it because I'm a Knicks fan, but it's all, I'm a suffering Knicks fan because the Knicks always have these expectations. Now we're seeing rumors, of course, surfacing. It's like the Knicks have a shot at landing Donovan Mitchell. Knicks, the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell. There's always all this built up, all this built up just thinking yeah. about a possibility of getting a superstar. Yeah, remember just like, last year, rewind yeah. to KD and Kyrie. Years before yeah. that, remember LeBron in 2010? And here we are, Donovan Mitchell, back at it again. And without fail, of course, nothing's going to happen. And, I, and also, I don't even believe that Donovan Mitchell is going to want to even request a trade out of there. I would agree. I don't, I don't expect it to happen. And if it does happen, I feel like it will be a couple months down the road. It won't be anytime soon. I agree. I definitely agree. Let's go on to our next segment. Crossover and slam for Durant. Trying to spin, stripped to the ball. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Still in the NBA, we haven't moved to the NFL quite yet, but me and Ian want to throw it back. We want to talk some historical NBA, and well, not really that historical because not really we're going to talk about the greatest NBA duos, or the greatest NBA duo in our opinion, 
from the last decade, the 2010s. So it's back in time, not history, history. Ian, you got to choose one NBA duo, okay? Last oh, decade. Okay, all right. You you want, so you want me to go first? All right, so this is interesting. Um, You're choosing Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, I see. I am not. I, sorry, I will go to who I thought was actually the best. Uh, and right oh. here, as you can see, see, as you can see, okay, look, you're laughing, and reasonably so, okay, I understand. But look, we want to look back at the championships of the last 10 years, right? Name me one team that's a duo that won a championship. You can't. Who's paying you? Who's paying you? Who's paying you to say this? I'm just letting you know you can't. Drake, Drake is actually uh, behind the camera right now. He's, you know, he's re- holding cue cards up. No. Um, Look, if you go back to the last 10 years, there hasn't been a duo to win the championship because duos don't win championships. The only one that really has, arguably, is Kawhi and uh, Pascal Siakam. So um, disgusting. I'm not saying, you know, they're not, you know, it's obviously it was only a year and, and you know, it's hard. Keep going, keep going. No, keep going. Don't worry. No, I mean, ignore me. Look, I am ignoring you because because in my heart of hearts, I know who you're gonna say, and I think it's disgusting that you would even say that because not even the best duo duo on their team. Pascal Siakam, Pascal Siakam is not nah, disgusting. <laughs> no, he's not because listen, listen, listen. We're not talking about hypotheticals. Like if we're talking about hypotheticals, obviously it's KD and Steph. They're two of the best players in the uh, in the NBA today playing together, but. That being said, was is is they didn't just have the two of them. They had Clay, um, Clay and Draymond. I mean, Boogie was on one of those teams. Obviously, he didn't play much, but he was on one of those teams. I mean, they they were a good team. They weren't just a duo. They were a trio, possibly even four guys on that team, um, even five sometimes. I mean, look if you want, like if you look at this roster, yeah, they have a lot of depth, but there is no other really superstar on this team other than Kawhi and Pascal. With the Warriors, you have Clay, and it was, at one point Draymond was up there. It's just, you know, I, I think if you really want to go hard definition of duo, they're like the only one that really won a championship. But I can see your face. I know you're upset with me. Feel free to unload at me, Sam, right quick. I'll just say this. I'm not very happy with you, so. I know you're that. And, and you know I love you, man, but sometimes you just, you do these. I don't know why you do these things. You I don't know. know. I know I know. we're trying to get the ratings up for our shows, but. Sam, Sam, Stop with that blasting, man. Stop Sam, with the blasting, man. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who's, who's your, who, who's yours going to be? Uh, Amari, right. Amari and Mello or Lynn and, uh, Lynn and Tyson Chandler? Oh, man. You, you really, you're, you know, you're going to gain the spots. Which one's going to be? You're going to hate the spots. You're going to hate the spots. Which one's it going to be? Very funny. Let's get out with my greatest NBA duo of the last decade. When I'm evaluating the greatest NBA duo, I'm looking at how you were able to dominate the NBA landscape, how you were able to dominate the other NBA teams when you guys were assembled, okay? And look, Ian, I can point to like five or six NBA duos before the Toronto Raptors. Like, but do any I, of them I look at the Spurs with Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard, 2013, 2014. Yeah, with also Manu Ginobili, with also Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. I mean, this, these are not just. Teams. I can point. I can point to the Miami Heat with LeBron James and D Wade and Chris. Bosch. I can point. I can point to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Okay. Yeah, and Draymond Green. Here's what I'm gonna do. Ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm waiting for it. Imagine this scene, okay? Because LeBron James and D Wade, they were a dynamic duo. Don't get me wrong. D Wade. When LeBron joined the Miami Heat, he was beginning to exit his prime. So he wasn't prime D. Wade with LeBron. Now, with, you know, Gold- Chris and Ray Allen with Golden State, today, picture yeah. this, Ian. Don't interrupt me, Ian. I- I'll let you talk about Pascal Siakam. Okay, all right. Picture this, okay? Ready? 
You have Kevin Durant, who won the MVP in 2014, followed by Steph Curry, who won the MVP 2015 and 2016. So this team had three MVPs in a row. And then KD joins the 73-win team, and he's playing with right. Stephen Curry. Okay, Listen, look at the way Kevin Durant and Steph Curry have dominated together, okay? Every time they've been in the playoffs together and played together, they have won. Remember when that year when Kevin Durant joined Steph Curry? They set the record for the most, the best record in the playoffs in 2017 at 16-1. and one. They lost one game in 2017. One game in 2017. Dwayne Wade and LeBron, that's the close second. But when, you, when I look at Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, they had a lot of close playoff series. They didn't dominate like the Warriors did. I can talk about 2013 in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Indiana Pacers, brought them to seven games. I can talk about the San Antonio Spurs in the 2013 NBA Finals when Ray Allen hit that shot and Chris Bosh got that rebound to pass to Ray Allen and saved LeBron, like LeBron's legacy. I can say that according to Skip Bayless. I'll just, I had to give Skip Bayless a shout out there. I can even point to 2014 where the Spurs beat the Miami Heat in that series. And also I can talk about LeBron's first year with Dwayne Wade on the Miami Heat. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks. I wouldn't say they were great and they were formidable. They were not, they were not dominating. Steph Curry and KD, they won, you know, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, they won back-to-back. The Warriors, if Kevin Durant was healthy last year, they were going to go back-to-back-to-back. The only reason why they didn't go back-to-back-to-back was purely because of a KD injury. The only one close playoff series I could think about is the Houston Rockets uh, two years ago in 2018 with James Harden and CP3. But come on, man. Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard? Come on. Give me a break. You know Sam, Sam, with your logic right now, you know who's, you know who's a top five duo this decade? With your logic of, uh, you know, dominance in playoffs. I don't even, know, I don't even want to know what you're going to say. because No, I'm listening. Listen, listen, listen. Kawhi Leonard. How can it get worse? With your logic, right? So you're saying, you're saying right, so that continue, together as a duo, they had dominance. But not to mention, it wasn't just the two of them. There was Clay and Draymond Green on those teams, right? So we just want to say, if we just want to say a team that had two really good players on, or just had two players that won together, right? If we want to say, we want to make you know the, a real argument just based on that. You know who the best duo of of uh, this century or this decade is? Who? LeBron James and James Johnson. You want to know why? Because for years, they were winning together. But obviously, James Johnson isn't playing. But with your logic, right, doesn't matter. doesn't matter who, who else is on the team, you know, even if it's a million All-Stars. They were winning together, right? No, they weren't winning together because, I mean, technically they were. But, I mean, you're, you're totally just not looking at the rest of the team. You know what I mean? Like, they have All-Stars on the team. But yeah, I think, I think the I'm convinced now the quarantine made you go crazy, man. I'm sorry. I hope you're doing I'm okay. Letting you okay? Know. I'm letting no, you know. Seriously. Now, now, now I'm sort of, now I'm sort of angry. James Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you separate your, your top two duo. Okay. If you separate both of your players in your greatest duo, you should, they both of them should be able to lead a championship contender. LeBron D Wade, I can respect. That's the next closest thing to Steph Curry and but that's not it's a, a duo because I have it's a three. It's a not a duo. It's a it's a group of three. Pascal Siakam cannot lead a team if Kawhi's not there. Okay, that's not it's, a duo. It's that's not, not a duo. duo. It is a duo. Who How? Else is, who else? Is, they're both they're both superstars. Pascal Siakam is a superstar. Yes. You put him in the same category 
as a he's, top tier superstar as Yaz Tetacumpo and Kawhi Leonard? He's a top 20 player in the NBA. Oh, please. He's a top 20 player oh, in the please. NBA. He's oh, a top 20 player in the NBA. I'm not wrong about this, Sam. You know I'm not wrong. Kawhi Leonard is not even better than Kevin Durant. And Pascal Siakam's nowhere close to Steph Who Curry. won? Who won in six games last year? Who was injured? They weren't even playing the Warriors. Doesn't they they weren't even playing the Warriors because Clay Thompson was out and Kevin Durant Doesn't tore matter. his Achilles. Doesn't they, matter. They were playing they, the Warriors they, without Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, Ian. They were playing without Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. I don't, I don't, look, they're the only duo this decade to have a championship. Only, only duo. Only duo the way NBA championship? Wait, what? They're, in the last in this decade, yes, everyone else was threes. Everyone else was threes or fours. Big threes, big fours. They were a duo. They were. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is, if your team has a lot of depth, um, it's besides your NBA it's duo, not then you, you're about, not. You can't be accounted to be. You can't be counted no, as an no, NBA duo. If you have, if you have multiple players, in, uh, if you have more than two players in the top twenty or top thirty of you know NBA players, that's not a duo at that point. That's a big three or a big four. So you're just going to ignore the fact that the Toronto Raptors had Marco Gasol, Danny Green. They Fred were not Van top Lee. 20 players. Those are role players. Those are Kyle role Lowry? Players. Kyle Lowry is player. a star. Yes. He's, he's been named an all-star he's for not a star. He's several been years. He's an all-star. He's, 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 he's an With your logic, really you're wrong, too. With your logic, you're wrong, too. Your logic is – Kyle Lowry is a scrub. Everyone knows Kyle Lowry is a scrub. Your logic is that you can't have depth – or bench depth or anything. Up, you have to rely on your top Lowry two numbers? NBA duos. And you're still wrong because Kyle your Toronto Raptors had Danny Green and Marcus Gasol. Danny Green and Marcus Gasol are not top 50 NBA players. Kyle and Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry isn't either, either, and you know that. You know Kyle Lowry and Klay Thompson. The difference between the two is enormous. You know that, Sam. You know that. No, I do not know that the greatest NBA duo of the past decade is Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. I didn't know, but, you know, you feed me knowledge every day, Ian. We, we love it, man. We love it. Uh, all love, man. All love. Let's, let's just get away from this. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. We're going to go what? talk I'm, about the I'm NFL. Request, I'm requesting a trade right now. I'm down in the Mitchell. I'm requesting a trade. After that heated, heated battle, I'm requesting a trade. I didn't give you coronavirus yet, though. You got to wait till I give you coronavirus. Then oh, you got to request okay. a trade because of past beef. You know you, you possibly could have. For all I know, you might have. Just, you never know, man. I may have already had, man. I hope you guys back home are staying safe, by the way. I yes. hope you guys are all quarantining and doing all those things to keep yourself and your family safe, just like yep. me and Ian are. You, you can tell that Ian is because look, look, hey, look, look what he's working. spitting out. Look what he's just saying. That's how you I'm, know he's going crazy in the head. I'm, I'm low-key a service worker, right? Now. I'm working 30 hours a week. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm producing plastic that's used by – I don't know who it's by used, but I'm told it's used by healthcare workers. So, all, all right, right so let's next segment. Yes, go to the next segment. Yeah, we'll go something that you're better at because I can tell that I don't know if the NBA is your biggest strong suit, but we're gonna to go on to the NFL. Obviously, the NFL draft is already upon us. NFL draft will take place in a couple of days. Ian, I want to get your opinions on some players that you're really excited about. Thank you, Bailo. I try to. Make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Three receivers right. One to the left. Straight back to pass. Going deep. Throwing it down the first sideline. And it is caught! For a touchdown! Devontae Smith wins the national championship. Down the left sideline and wide open behind the defense. One true freshman to another. Empty backfield with Burrow set to throw. Does, completes it to Edward Zeland. Right first down. Lot to the left of the receiver. 
Across the middle, it's batted in the air. Joe Burrow to Joe Burrow. And now Burrow heading to the first down marker and then some. It's going to go as a Burrow to Burrow 16-yard pickup. Fumbled it. Picks it up. Chase Young, another sack. Today, nine tackles, three sacks, four TFLs. Tackles for loss. Wisconsin, four sacks. Seven sacks in two games. He's the best player in America. He's the most impactful player in America. Number two for Ohio State. for a loss by Chase Young. Recognize, get back into the play, and make the physical tackle and lets the sideline know about it. Number two is having a day. So if I'm looking at, obviously, you know, the easy ones, everyone's excited about Joe, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, uh, you know, Tristan Wirfs. I mean, like, guys that are projected to go top five, um, and then you look at the receivers, you know, you got Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs. I mean, you, you got Jalen Wiley, you got Jerry Judy, you got guys who are, could be, you know, it, it's one of the most stacked receiving um, drafts ever, honestly. But the guys I'm looking at, um, although you want to talk about quarterbacks and we talk about the receivers and, you know, the guys at the top, but I want to talk about the guys a little bit lower. So for me, Jordan Love, uh, He's projected to go around the first round, maybe maybe early second. Um, and with him, I, I think he's kind of somewhat of like a Patrick Mahomes guy. Obviously, it's hard to you know compare him to Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the NFL currently, um, uh, or the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, but but coming into the draft, they were both very very similar guys. I mean, everyone said that they threw too many picks. Uh, you know, it was just that they had incredible arm strength. Um, they just made bad decisions. Didn't have great talent around them. It's the same thing. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be the exact guy as Patrick Mahomes. I don't expect that whatsoever. But I expect him to be a competent NFL quarterback um, that has an extremely strong arm. I mean, the year so not this previous year, but the year before that with Utah State when he had an actual talent around him at Utah State and in the actual head, or, you know, coaching um, team, he was a very, very good quarterback. I mean, his stats reflected that as well. So if you can go to a team like the Saints, rest for a year, uh, learn behind Drew Brees, and then come in and, and you know, learn how to – with a good coaching staff like Sean Payton, um, you know, learn how to make good decisions and, and – play with guys like Michael Thomas and if Alvin Kamara is still there in a year, which I, I don't know if I expect him to be, but if he is, I mean, that's, that's, an, that's an added bonus. I think I expect big things out of him. Um, that's a guy that I don't see a lot of people talking about. Another quarterback is Cole McDonald, who's going to go very, very late uh, in the draft, probably sixth or seventh round, maybe fifth, uh, could even slide to undrafted. He's a guy that he went to Hawaii and he's coming out as a junior, which is a little head scratching because, you know, he, he as great as he was, no one has projected him to really go very high in the draft. I think he's better than guys like Jacob Easton. I'll be honest with you. I think he's better than guys like Jake Fromm. Um, he, he has incredible talent. He's, he's a gunslinger, throws the ball downfield, big arm, tall guy. Um, it, it is still confusing why he came out this year. I wish he had stayed. I wish he had stayed another year and potentially could have been a top five quarterback for next year. Um, so, yeah, for me, I mean, those are two guys just at the quarterback position that a lot of people aren't talking about who I'm kind of excited for. I don't expect them to play this year or even maybe the year after that, but hopefully I think that they could contribute to a team um, later down the road. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. And I know you guys back home might be shocked that I actually agree with Ian on something. But Ian's, Ian's yeah. usually good. He's usually very sharp. Um, Jordan Love is a great pick. Um, I want to say that you did forget to mention my boy Tua, though. Yeah. And listen, I know Tua has all the hate out there. He's injury prone. He's not going to be able to be good for a team long term. But I want to bring you back to a date in January 2018. It was actually the national championship game. Oh, was it? The backup for Alabama. The team was down 13-0. Jalen Hurts was in there and, like, had a total of three passes, completed passes, I believe, going into halftime. Then they put in Tua, and Tua just went off through a game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter, then went on to win the game in OT. I think that people love um, Joe, Joe Burrow. People love Joe Burrow because – he has such a fantastic and phenomenal season. And I'm not taking anything away from Joe Burrow by any means. But this guy, too, is something special. And I think if you look at QBs, they're never perfect. The, the notion that QBs have to be perfect and they can't be injured at all, it's just – it doesn't make sense to me. Because if you look at QBs in the NFL, you know, obviously Drew Brees has dealt with injuries. Fair share of QBs have dealt with injuries. Look at Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the most decorated QBs in the game had two collarbone injuries. Ben Roethlisberger has had injuries his entire career. Deshaun Watson tore his knee in college. Carson Wentz. Do I mean to start with Carson Wentz? All these players and about QBs that are stars have had injuries, and yet teams are giving them the money. Teams are giving them bank. So I don't think that Tua's injuries are enough to prevent a team from drafting him because I, think, I, really, I truly think he's something special. Obviously, Joe Burrow had a fantastic year. Tua's had two or three fantastic years. If you look at his athleticism, the leadership he brings, the smarts, the accuracy, and he, he can just see the entire field. So for me, I think Tua is someone that is completely getting slept on. And I think that one of these teams has to take a chance on Tua. I think that you're going to regret it if you don't. Well, yeah, he'll go, he'll go in the top 10, I would assume. Um, he should be top five. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he honestly might be top five. It depends on if Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert, or Tua goes first. I do like Tua a lot. I do agree with you that I think Tua is a very good quarterback. And I think, you know, the reason people don't seem to like him is obviously the injuries, but also the fact that he um, has, you know, three quarter or three receivers that will go in the first two rounds in Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, uh, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy, which, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, uh, you know, take something away from a guy just because he has good talent around him. Um, to compare him to Joe Burrow, it is it is the reason I think Joe Burrow is the consensus one number one is a obviously the difference between the two is Joe Burrow really hasn't suffered from injuries, but b the fact that he had potentially the greatest NFL C or NCAA season football uh, season of all time last year. I mean, he he honestly his stats can be compared to anyone, and he might honestly be number one. That being said, is I still think Tua should be a top ten pick. I still think he can do a lot for a team. I I think teams will regret him if they take Herbert over Tua. Uh, you know, we we'll, we can find out later down the road, but that's just the way I feel about that. But uh, I agree with you that Tua is is a very good prospect, and I think people are starting to dislike him a little little bit too much uh, just because it's kind of the fun thing to do. Uh, at this point. So I definitely I think that you him. can compare. I think he's easily comparable to Joe Burrow. I don't buy the notion that Joe Burrow is so much better than Tua. I, I don't think for yeah. injuries, it's a discussion. And do, do you know, do you know Tua's record, for example? It's three years of Alabama. He's I mean, I, he's, Alabama. I think he's, I don't even know if he's lost the game. 22 and two. 22 oh. and two. Oh, he did lose two games. Okay. Both, and he's playing in the SEC. SEC yeah. well, is the closest thing to the NFL. Losses more against Clemson. 
Yeah, I think the SEC is the closest thing to the NFL. And those two teams he lost to were both national championship teams. They were 15-0. and 0. So yeah. I think that the competition that Tua is playing against, um, I think that just – I think Tua is the real deal. I, I just think Tua is the real deal. And I think that injuries – listen, injuries, every player deals with them. But at the end of the day, you got you to gotta roll the dice sometimes. And I feel like the teams that have rolled the dice on the QBs in the past with injury problems have been successful in the long term. That's me. I, I mean, it's it's gonna be fun to see. I, I think he, I think if he's drafted to a, key, a team like LA, he won't play for a little bit. And I think that might be good for him. Um, but yeah, I have no, I have no problems with with Tua going in the top five by any means. I think he's better than Herbert, and I think it's he's closer to Burrow. But Burrow, I think, is consensus number one. Reasonably yeah, I think, so. I think Joe Burrow is indisputably the number one overall pick. Yeah. No matter what you do, Joe Burrow will be the number one pick. I, I think it's possible teams regret. Selecting Joe Burrow number one and not Tua, but right now the thing to do is Joe Burrow. It's the thing is the thing is if you're the Bengals and you don't take if you if you take Joe Burrow and he's you know not the best quarterback whatever, no one's gonna blame you for that. Like if if he if you take him and he's not amazing, no one's gonna blame you because everyone thinks he's the number one guy. If you take Tua and he's not great, everyone's gonna be like, why the hell didn't you take Joe Burrow? You know what I mean? So I think it is safer for the Bengals to go with Joe Burrow. It sort of reminds me, actually, when people said, you know, you were not going to blame James Dolan for selecting Phil Jackson as the general manager, as the president of basketball operations. Because Phil Jackson Always goes back to the Knicks, coach. Right? Who's going to blame Who's going to blame James Dolan for Phil Jackson hire? It's a good hire. The and then that blew up, blew up. I do feel that way, but I do feel that way about the Kings taking Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic, with like everyone was like, "Oh yeah, it's a safe pick." And it just tough. Yeah, man. I actually wanted them to take Luka too, I, but it was just that they had deer on Fox. Whatever. I'm getting on a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> Your Kings. Uh, so yeah, that's I guess that's uh, that our episode for today. Unless we have anything yep. else. No, um, I think I think we're good. I think we covered it all. We talked about the Don and the Mitchell feud. We got you yeah. guys with the NBA greatest duos, not Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. Guys, do not please don't. Don't internalize that. It's it. It's um, right. Uh, so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify. Follow our own Instagrams uh, at IanMill01. And Sam, what's your Instagram? Which one? The, your, your, your personal email. Personal Instagram. Because oh, my email, yeah. Guys, connect with us because we want to be able to have you guys in. In the yeah. future, we're going to try to get the live calling going because we were able to get YouTube live. Now we yes, just need to yeah. set up the live calling because I know a lot of you guys want to call in and voice your opinions. I mean, oh my God, so many people would love to call in. I feel like you just roast you, Ian, just right there. After you know, that, Pascal I think, you know what? I think, I think all, of, all of Canada is, is watching right now and, and, you know, tears strolling down their eyes saying, finally, someone is coming up there. <laughs> someone is saying that we're the best. Um, oh, man. Hey. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for watching, guys.